You're about to hear a message that was preached at Calvary Fellowship in Miramar, Florida. At Calvary, we exist to help people take their next step with God. And we pray that this message helps you do just that. Good morning, Calvary. What's going on? My name is Pastor George. For those of you who... Okay, I'm going to go over here. That was weird. Uh, for those of you who do not know me, I'm the worship pastor here at Calvary, usually singing up here, but can we give it up for the band? Come on. Seriously, we are blessed, man. What happens on this stage does not happen at a lot of places, so I'm really grateful for that team. So, hey, it's, uh, it's basically summer, right? We can pretty much say, I mean, it's always summer down here, but for the most part, it's summer. If you have children, you're on summer vacation. Any, any parents in the house? Yeah, pray for these people. Yeah, pray for them, please. We're not kidding, please. Anyway, so one of the things that we do as in the Martinez family, me and my, my, my family, we, we try to plan out at least a summer vacation. We don't take a lot of time off during the week um, or like during the year, really, but we try at least at the summertime to just do a whole week or just try to like really do a summer vacation. And um, before COVID, it was cruising, right? Because cruising is the best way to vacation. I mean, I, I don't know if you, any, anybody fans of cruising? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and so needless to say, I'm praying that like, you know, I can get on the cruise ship one day, one day. In heaven, we're all going to have cruise ships. It's going to be amazing. It's amazing. So cruise ships are the best because you can eat all you want. I mean, like for me, it's really important. So I eat like a pig, but anyway, and um, it's just a lot of fun. You get to go to these really like remote islands and all this stuff. And I love snorkeling. I am like a huge fan of snorkeling. Evelyn, not so much. Okay. Evelyn doesn't even step foot in these gorgeous beaches. We go to like St. Thomas, St. Mar- you know, all this stuff. I'm like, you're in one of the top 10 beaches of the world. She's like, I'm going to go tan right there. You know, that's all I want to do. And I'm like, but there's beautiful fish. He's like, I don't want to see them. They're going to eat me. I'm like, they're not going to eat you. Relax. But here's the thing. Now, here's the, the most important part of this story, really important for the rest of, this, for the rest of our message, our time together, is that of Martinez vacation, summer vacation is never a summer vacation without one thing, without me breaking one of my phones, okay? I know. I don't know why, but it is what it is. I always break my phone on vacation. It's like now part of the budget. Okay, well, we got to, you know, allot this much money because you're going to break your phone because that's what you always do, right? I literally always break my phone. I love snorkeling, so what do I do? I, like one of the first times we went cruising, I bought one of those life-proof cases, you know, life proof. Life proof, right? Waterproof, all that stuff. It tells you to test it. I tested it. It worked. I put my phone in it and we're in St. Thomas and I'm snorkeling and there's these, it's just the most amazing thing. And I'm telling Evelyn, she's like, I don't want to hear it. I'm like, it's God's creation. I don't care. You know, like, and so I'm with my phone and I'm videotaping it, you know, like, I'm just like, this is so amazing, you know, like whatever. And I'm like, okay. And then my phone stops recording automatically, which is really weird. And I'm like, you keep going. And then it gets hot and the phone gets hotter. And then the screen turns black, but it keeps getting hotter and hotter and hotter. I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. I run out of the wa- water, go to, go to our cooler. I throw my phone in the cooler. It cools down, but it's done, like done, 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 done. And I'm like, oh, I can't believe it. And Evelyn always, like before I did that, she's like, I told you. I told you what do you think was going to happen? And I'm like, I said life proof on the case, you know, like, come on. Like, I, it's supposed to be waterproof. You would think. I learned my lesson, right, when we went there that one time. No. Guys, three phones. I've lost three phones back 
to back every summer, back to back. Why? Because I want to snorkel. And the next, no, no, this time it's better. This time I got a better case. It's more expensive and I'm going to wrap it in saran wrap. It's going to be great, you know? And guess what? The phone breaks. And Evelyn's like, please, just stop getting in the water with your phone. I'm like, no, but you don't understand. Like, it's beautiful. I love it. You know, she's like, okay, okay, well, whatever. The last time, she didn't even say it. She was like, you do whatever you want. If we can't get our kids to college because of your phone problem, then this is on you, right? And I'm like, okay, whatever. I jumped into the water. The phone broke again. And I'm like, man, but I always told her, I'm like, you know, like, I thought this time it was going to be different. She's like, look at your track record, man. You're like, you know, three and oh, literally. Like, come on. Have you ever been in a situation where you told your other person or you told yourself, like, no, 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 I know what I've done in the past but this time it's going to be different, right? Anybody ever have a moment like that, right? This happens all the time, all the time, right? And we want to have better judgment, like, all right, you know, I, I think it's going to be better. I, I know what I did last time, but this time it's going to be different, right? This happens in relationships all the time. Oh, she's kind of cute. Oh. Hey, you know, right? Oh, he's kind of cute. Wow. Hey, look, did you see him in that shirt? Wow. Right, that's, that's a man, right? That's what you tell yourself. And then your friends and your family are like, um, okay, maybe he's kind of good looking, but like, you don't know anything about him? Like, does he go to church? Does he believe? Like, like uh, think about the last two or three guys that you, come on. Like, maybe you should just take it easy. Like, no, no, come on, look at him. It's going to be different this time. And is it different? Usually not, right? Guys, same thing. You're like, man, look at that girl. What's up? Hey, girl, come here. I don't know why I sound like that, but that's, <laughs> that's my picking. Whatever. I still got Evelyn, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> but this happens with everything, with our careers. It can happen with our family, our kids. Oh, don't do that again. Okay, mommy. Yeah, okay, yeah, right, right? It happens all the time. But a lot of times, we, we fall for the same mistakes. A lot of the same, we get tripped up for the same thing, and we find ourselves in the same cycle over and over again. But we get frustrated because the outcome isn't different. Now, do you know... What it's called if you do the same thing over and over and over and over and over and over again, but expect a different result? You know what they call that? Insanity. Insanity. Is that <laughs> you guys are crazy, right? It's not going to, like, no, no, but this time it's different. No, it's not. It's not. They call it insanity. The question is, what does God call that type of behavior? He calls that behavior folly. What? Folly. No, folly, yes, that's a word. You can look it up, folly. And there's a lot of definitions for folly. My favorite definition for folly is going to be in your notes, so get ready to write. Folly is the absence of wisdom. And that's exactly what is wrong with me. I do not have a brain, and that's why I keep taking phones into the ocean and not learning my lesson, right? It's the absence of wisdom. And we get frustrated with ourselves. We get frustrated with the situation because it's not different than the last time, even though you did the exact same thing. And guess who you get frustrated the most at? God. How does that happen? Whoa, whoa, whoa. you're the one that put yourself in the situation. George, you went into the ocean with the phone. Don't be mad at me. Like, wake up, right? So we get so frustrated. We're, so, we're like really strange creatures, us humans. We're just really weird, right? But can I tell you something? God didn't design any of you, anybody in this room, to experience that type of life. He didn't. He actually hates it. He hates seeing me go snorkeling with my phone. He's like, look at this guy again. 
Like, seriously, bro. Like, get a hint. I sent you a whale last time. Like, come on. Like, get out of the water. You know what I mean? Like, come on. Right? He hates seeing us fall over and over and over and over again. This folly in our lives, this foolish mistakes and stuff like that. So what if I told you today that God wants to help remove folly from your life? Would you believe it's possible? He wants to remove that so you don't end up in the same place you have always been. What if I told you there's a way to break this cycle that you've been stuck in for years, some of, some of us in this room? I mean, could I go on vacation and not break a phone this year? Is that even possible? I mean, it wouldn't make for a good story, but like, I mean, I'm, like, I'm broke. I can't buy another phone, right? Could it be possible? Well, I think so. And today, we're going to read about someone who lost everything, okay? Lost absolutely everything. Why? Because of folly, because of their folly. And we're going to be in the book of, of Luke, so if you want to turn there with your Bibles and get ready. Uh, if you don't have a Bible, we have it on the outline. If you're watching online, we have a link for our sermon notes. And um, this story is extremely important. I need you guys to really pay attention to this story because deep down inside, I know nobody in here woke up today and said, you know what? <sighs> I keep making mistakes. I'm frustrated. My life feels like it's Groundhog Day and I'm never going to learn my lesson. And I just, I like it there. I love that. No one said that, okay? Even if you try to convince yourself that, no, I'm fine. Everything's fine. It's good. It's good. It's good. You're not. Okay? You're not. Nobody wants that. You want more for your life, and so does God. Because I know that some of us in this room have been hurt. Some of us in this room have hurt other people. We've been disappointed, and we have this feeling like there's got to be a way out of this nonsense, this folly. And there is. And I believe that God's going to give it to us in this story. So if you're ready, let's look at Luke 15, and it says this. A man had two sons. The younger son told his father, I want my share of your estate now before you die. You say, what? So his father agreed to divide his wealth between his sons. A few days later, this younger son packed all his belongings and moved to a distant land. And there, he wasted all his money in wild living. About the time his money ran out, a great famine swept over the land and he began to starve. So he persuaded a local farmer to hire him and the man, uh, the man set... Uh, sent him into the fields to feed the pigs. The young man became so hungry that even the pods he was feeding the pigs looked good to him, but no one gave him anything. And when he finally came to his senses, he said to himself, at home, even the hired servants have food enough to spare. And here I am dying of hunger. So I'm going to go home to my father and say, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you, and I am no longer worthy of being called your son. Please, just take me as a hired servant. If you pause there and give me your attention, this dude has a whole lot of nerve, okay? But he's making a foolish decision. And if you want to remove folly from your life, the first thing in your outline is this. Don't be impulsive. Don't be impulsive. This son made the craziest and most important decision of his entire life like that, out of nowhere. And you guys have to understand in that culture, asking for your inheritance early, good Lord, okay? Like that, that's basically, you're basically telling your father, you know what, dad? You're dead to me. I know you're still alive, but really, I just, I just need you out of my way. Give me, give, me, give me what's mine and I'm out of here. I mean, you, he couldn't have done anything more disrespectful to his father in that time. And you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of my mom, okay? My mom is the typical 
Cuban mom. And I don't even know what that means, okay? But she's the typical Cuban mom. And I don't know what it is about the obsession that Cuban moms, you're not Cuban, maybe you're not going to understand this, but Cuban moms love to clean a lot, okay? Like clean and clean. But now I'm not talking about just like clean the windows and whatnot. Like what I mean clean is I mean like they see clutter, they don't think it's just stuff misplaced. They go, oh, that's all garbage. That's all garbage. I need my counters clean. I need it clean. I need my house clean. If you wanted to live in the museum, go live in the museum. Anyway, right? So I'm not bitter. Anyway, so I was like 13, maybe, whatever, and I walk into my room, and there were some important documents on my counter, and my, you know, and my mom cleans on Saturday and whatever, so I, I, I didn't see it there. So I'm like, okay. I go to my mom. I'm like, mom, where are the papers? He's like, oh, la basura esa, that trash? Oh, I threw it away. Don't worry about it. I took care of it for you. I'm like, that was super important. That's for like my college degree and this and that. No, 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 no. I just threw it away. I just, can you ask somebody? Can you, I mean, like, that's so disrespectful. Give me a break. You know, like, I can't believe this. I'm not, you know what? And I got so angry because, you know, at 13, I knew everything. You know, at 13, I grabbed a book bag. I threw a couple of Coca-Cola cans because you got to be hydrated, right? Handy snacks, change of clothes, a couple comics for entertainment. And I actually said, I'm running away from home. And I left. I'm not kidding. I left. I just, I'm like, I'm out of here. This is, I'm done. I'm done. Right? Always touching my papers. Cuban mom, right? And so I just walk out. There's no, there's no uh, internet. There's no cell phones. I didn't even have a beeper. You know what a beeper is, right? <laughs> didn't even have one of those. I didn't. And I just walk out. And I'm just like, just angry, walking down my street, just walking. And I'm just like, you know, and like I, I drank, I sat down, read a couple comics. I'm like, this is a great comic. I love this. I'm so, this, this is the best. I'm independent. It's awesome. After my second Coca-Cola and my second handy snack was done, I was starving, right? It's 5 o'clock in the afternoon. I'm walking around aimlessly like an idiot, all right? And I'm just like, and it came to me, right? I'm like, George, what are you doing? Like, you don't have a job. You don't have any money. You don't have a car. You have absolutely no, You have a bag with, like, Coca-Cola and handy snacks, right? Your mom is at home with, like, your bed and food and all of that. Like, what are you doing here? And, like, but you know what I thought? I was like, I could never go back after I just told her that, you know? Like, you crazy? But I did. I went back. I went back. Right? And here's the thing. Why did I put myself in that situation? Because I acted impulsively. I didn't think about the consequences of me leaving my house. I was just like, you know what? Forget this. I am out of here. And this happens a lot in your life as well. And I can prove it. If you're married in this place right now, you've had this happen. Ladies, you're talking to your husband and he's very quiet. Right? And you're like, why is he so quiet? What is he thinking about? And then you ask him, are you okay? Oh, I'm fine. What's going on? Oh, no, no, no. What are you, what are you? And he's just like, you know, you're in the car, and he's just looking out the window, and you're just like, he doesn't talk to me. Pastor George, you don't understand. He doesn't talk to me. I, I think it's over. He doesn't love me. He's probably thinking about who knows what. I can't believe it. I mean, 25 years. And, like, you know, like, and you're just like, you're going off on the, like, you're off the hinges. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And you know what he's thinking about? I'm going to let you in on a little secret. He's over here going like this. How do elephants scratch the back? <laughs> no, the, those are, the, the, the trunk doesn't, man, that's not fair. I love scratching my back. Man, that's messed up. I'm not even kidding. It could be the most random thing. I mean, I, another little like spoiler alert. Guys can actually just stare at a wall and be completely fine. <laughs> completely fine. What are you thinking about? 
Literally nothing. We're just like. <laughs> Guys, unfortunately, the opposite is true for women. They're thinking about 7,000 things at the same time, things from like 20 years ago. Like, you know, I never forgot about the day that you left those socks in that corner. Like, whoa, come on. Are we bringing that up now? Like, because they're always thinking about stuff, right? But we get so impulsive, don't we? The moment something rubs us the wrong way, the, the moment someone says something and you take it personally, ooh, Royal Rumble, round one, let's go, fight. Like, seriously, stop being impulsive. If you make impulsive choices, guess what? The fruit of impulsive decisions is just destruction, okay, all around you. When we don't think before we act, we can hurt ourselves, we can hurt other people around us, and that's not a good place to be. So the next time something rubs you the wrong way, so the next time you think he's going to like, he's thinking about who knows what, stop for one second and find somebody who's wiser than you and ask them, like, do you think I'm crazy? You, like, hold on a second, I really need to talk to you, right? And not just anybody, don't go up to random people that you don't really know. You need to find somebody who loves you, loves the Lord and loves your family to give you advice. Don't go to random people for advice, that's, that's terrible, right? Because anybody can give you bad advice, but somebody who loves you will protect you from falling for the same folly again. Got it? Because of his impulsiveness, this son, looked like a fool. He looked like an idiot because he didn't think beforehand. Proverbs 14 says this, he who is slow to wrath has great understanding, but he who is impulsive exalts folly. Yeah. So don't be impulsive. Stop yourself before you wreck yourself, right? So the second thing that we're going to learn about how to remove folly from our life is don't lose perspective. Now, the experts at this, at like not having any understanding of our perspective, are kids. Okay, if you're a parent, you know this. Children have no idea what's going on ever. They don't know where money comes from. They don't even know, like, why do we have to go to sleep now? Like, oh, well, it's nighttime. What's nighttime? They don't even, they have no idea about anything, right? My seven-year-old daughter, Sarah, if you know Sarah, she's hardcore. She's just like her mom. She's hardcore, super hardcore. And um, she'll talk to you, I mean, until you're like, I mean, you're, you're blue in the face. And she'll be like, so what do you think? I'm like, please, 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 please. Like, I tell her to go brush her teeth. She's like, I'm like, I'm like, just brush your teeth, man. Legit, like, ah, you know, like everything's a musical, you know. Anyway, she comes up to me, she's like, papi. I'm like, yeah. She's like, when am I going to get an iPhone? I'm like, you say, say what? An iPhone. You're seven years old. What do you need an iPhone for? He's like, well, you know, my, my friend in first grade, they have an iPhone and they talk to each other and they and have like emojis and whatever, whatever. I'm like, okay, okay, that's cool, that's cool. First of all, do you know how long it took me to get a cell phone? Do you have any idea how long treacherous torture it was for me to get a I waited 18 years of my life to get my first cell phone. And guess what, Sarah? My cell phone wasn't an iPhone. Well, iPhones didn't exist. You know what my first cell phone was? It was this thing. Yeah. Who had this phone? First phone. Come on. Look at this. Wow. Look around. We're old people. We're old. We're old. Right? This thing is a better brick to throw at somebody than it is to call somebody. It's ridiculous. This is a weapon, really, more than anything else. It weighed a thousand pounds. It had that weird green screen that you couldn't even read numbers on. And then if you had to text somebody, you're like, <laughs> hi. You know, I was like, who, like, it was, seriously, I think about what we used to do. I mean, we lived in prehistoric ages. It was ridiculous. That thing was only good for two things, making a phone call and, yes, plain snake. Look at those graphics, guys. 
I love that it's extra pixelated too, because that's literally what it looks like. You're like, what is, uh, oh, the whale got me. Anyway, or whatever that is. Is that a whale? I don't even know what that is. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> sorry. So, perspective. I told them, like, Mama, you have everything you could possibly ever need right now. I mean, you, sometimes they sit there and they have all these toys and they want more toys, right? You have to sit here like, no, 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 but I want to go here. No, we went to Disney, but we want to go to Disney again. I'm like, oh, you have no idea. They, they don't have the perspective that we, that we do, right? And this son lost his perspective. We know because of what, what's, what's written in the Bible that his father was a wealthy man because you don't have hired servants if you don't have like a crazy like mansion, you know what I mean? You got a yacht in the back, you know what I'm saying? It's good, right? He's, he's living large, right? But even though the son had a, a home, food, money wasn't an issue, he literally had everything he could ever want. He was too busy dreaming about what life would look like by himself on his own without having to worry about his father. I, I could only imagine, right? He's probably thinking like, man, if I don't have to answer, answer to my father, I can do whatever I want, whenever I want. I can spend all of his money, so smart, it's a great idea, right? I can have fun, I can do whatever I want. And he did that for a very small period of time. Very temporary season of his life, he did all of it. Viva Las Vegas, he went all out, he went all out, right? But it was like this, it was probably such a small part of his life. Problem, he didn't have the perspective to be able to see that there was a famine coming. Oh, that's right. No. Oh, oh, everybody lost their jobs? Mmm. And that uh, he would have to, like, feed pigs? I mean, do you understand? In that, in, in that time, Jewish people did not associate with pigs at all, even though pigs are delicious, okay? <laughs> they didn't. They didn't. They, it was an unclean animal. I can't touch them. We can't even be around them. And this guy, the same guy that was dreaming about what life would be like, is now dreaming about what they're eating wishing he can have an ounce of it. Why? How? How does that even, how do you get there? Perspective. His perspective went out the window. He went out looking for everything that he already had at home. Church, how many times do we do the same thing with God? How many times do we ask God for all this stuff? We have our list, right? We have our list of like petitions, right? We're like, hey, God, this, and God, I, God, I've been waiting for this, and God, I, God, could you answer? God, would you show up? God, 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 God. And you know, I can only imagine, like, God has a list too. God has a list like, oh, you want me to do all that? Cool, cool. I want you. <laughs> the whole list of all this stuff. I want you to change all this stuff. But does he do that? No, he doesn't. But we're sitting there asking and trying to figure out what he's going to, it's like, ah, oh, and, and here's the thing. We have all these, all these requests. We ask so much of God. You know what he asks in return from us? Trust him. All we have to do is, seriously, God? Like, yeah, that's it. Just, just trust me. Because could it be that I might be a little wiser than you? Could it be that I kind of created everything? Could it be that I might know what I'm doing? And here it says in Isaiah, I love this verse. It says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts. Thank the Lord. Right? Neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. But church, we miss all the blessings that we have right now, today. We miss all of it because we're trying to figure out what God is going to do tomorrow. And I have a, I have a newsflash for you. That is not your job. You are not God. 
Even though you fight that every single day, you know, well, God hasn't been answering the prayer, so I'm going to have to do something myself. That's being impulsive and losing perspective. You're going to end up in a place you do not want to be. And God's going to let you do it. He loves you that much. He's like, you want independence, go for it. But can you just trust me for one second? So there's two ways that you can live your life. You can live your life always never satisfied, always wanting more, demanding more, just like the son did, right? Or you can live a life that's grateful for all that you have today, not tomorrow, today, because God has given you everything that you need today. I don't know about you, but my prayers have changed drastically after COVID. Before, I'd be like, oh, you know, this and that, and God, and oh, man, God, oh, you know. I'm grateful that I'm even breathing today. And I just think, God, I, I woke up. I didn't get sick. God, I'm, I'm grateful that my family's safe. My prayers have shifted to people that are dealing with COVID, that have lost people. That it's just a, it's a different prayer. It's an outward prayer, not an inward prayer. Before, it was just like, oh, God, this and this and that and but why did it take an entire pandemic to make me change the way I pray? And why does it take us, this giant shift in culture and, and, and just in, in the world in general, to make us now get really passionate about praying for other people and wanting the best for other people and becoming a Christian and acting like that and glorifying God in the way we act and think about other people? I don't know. But it's because of my perspective. My perspective shifted during COVID. And so what I want to do is I want to help you shift your, your perspective. I want you to have a godly perspective. That way you can live the life that he intended you to live and not be stuck with this whole like, ah, uh, you know. So I know it's hard, but on the back of your connection card, I want to help you. So on the back of your connection card, if you look at it, there's this little red area that says begin like a perspective, Bible planning, that's what it says. And this is not some kind of like, oh, wow, like if I do this, it's it, I'm set for life. No, this is your first baby step into changing your perspective into like what God sees every single day. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to start it tomorrow. I'm going to email you a list, uh, a, a link that you can, lick, you can go on it, click on it, and you can do it. It's four days, just four days, and it's not a lot of reading. But my prayer is this. Number one, that you'd sign up for it, that you do it with me, you'd be a part of it. And number three, you would email me after you're done and tell me what God is revealing in your heart. Because I can guarantee you, you spend the next four days trying to shift your perspective and align it with God, he is going to reveal a lot of things. And it would be an honor to be able to read some of the blessings, some of the things that God says to you in the next four days. So make sure you check that off. And we're going to finish this story uh, in Luke 15, starting in verse 20. Here's what it says. We're going to close it with this. So he returned home to his father. Oh boy. And while he was still a long way off, his father saw him coming and filled with love and compassion, he ran to his son, embraced him, and kissed him. His son said to him, Father, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you, and I am no longer worthy of being called your son, just the way he practiced it, exactly the way he practiced it. But his father said to his servants, Quick, bring the finest robe in the house and put it on him. Get a ring for his finger, sandals for his feet, and kill the calf that we've been fattening. We must celebrate with a feast, for this son of mine was dead and now has returned to life. He was lost, but now he is found. And so the party began. Say what? This, this dude comes back to his dad after the massacre that he just did. And, and, and his father's pulling out the best of the best pulling out a party, a feast? Like, let me ask you a question. If I hurt you that bad, would I deserve your forgiveness? If you're a Christian, please say yes. 
We're in church. Okay? I got you. I got you. You're like, yeah, no, no. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I forgive me. You forgive me. Yeah. Right? But if we're honest, our flesh is weak, right? The spirit is we- willing, but we, 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 we kind of wrestle with that, right? Because it's just like, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to forgive you. Am I, though? Am I really? Do I want the best for you? Yeah. Do I, though? Kind of. Right? It's hard. It's hard to be in, that, in the midst of that. What, and why is that? Well, it's the last thing. If you want to remove folly from your life, the last thing, don't hold on to your pride. Don't hold on to pride. Pride is the number one thing that's going to destroy your life for the rest of your life. It's one of the things that God says he actually hates in the Bible. And why is that? I'll tell you with a story. Okay, I don't want to share this because, you know, like... I didn't want to share it, but hey, you're, it's, it's, it's a safe place. I have to tell you about phone number four. <laughs> Why are you laughing? Okay. Phone number four. It, there's a fourth phone. There, there is a fourth phone. And even worse, I don't want to share this at all. This happened last year. Okay. So for the last four years, I have, yeah, anyway, been in my ways, right? So we're on vacation. Duh, right? And my brother invites me to like some place that he was staying at and whatever, and it has a water park. And I'm like, that sounds like a lot of fun. And then I, I thought it was just for the kids, you know, like a splash pad or whatever. No, they have like straight up, like straight, cool, awesome, like, you know. So I'm like, wouldn't it be awesome if I could record myself going down a water slide with my phone, right? And there's Evelyn. She's like, I don't, mm, I, think about what happened the last three times like, I don't want you to, like, George, please. I'm like, it's going to be, I literally said this, it's going to be different this time. Now they make the phones waterproof. They made phones for dummies like me. It's amazing. You know, like they knew. They, they saw my track record. Hey, we got to make George stop spending so much money, right? So I go with Sarah on this water slide thing, and this is what it looks like if you want, if you were curious. It looks like this. <laughs> Boom, nice. And here's Sarah. She doesn't go down slides without goggles. That's her thing. Come on. Wasn't that awesome? Yeah. <laughs> Wasn't that awesome? <laughs> it was awesome. Yeah. I get up. I check the phone. It works. Does it get hot? No. Evelyn was wrong. I was right. <laughs> Put one on the scoreboard for me. <laughs> right? And I go and I see Evelyn. She's like, is your phone working? I'm like, my phone's fine, girl. It's fine. You got to live by faith. You know, you got to live by faith. Whatever. Anyway. I show her the video. I'm like, oh, look, you're missing so much fun. Check out this thing. And I look, I turn on the, the phone. And the phone has this like lightsaber green stripe going straight through the front of it. I'm like, oh, that's a new, it's a new uh, background. It's a new background. New screensaver. New screen. No, don't worry about that. She's like, you messed up your phone. I'm like, no, I didn't mess up my phone. It's going to go away. Don't worry. That's, that's, that. Come on. And then for the next three to four weeks, my life, I had that phone, and I refused to get it checked out because I was right, because I won the battle, okay? And every time that somebody would call me, like, hey, George, I don't, dude, I don't know why, but 
You sound like you're underwater. I'm like, I'm like, why do you say that, you know? And so I finally had to let go of my pride, and I went to a repair shop, and the guy opens up my phone. He's like, oh, what happened? I'm like, oh, I think I got a little bit of water, a little splash, nothing crazy. He's like, oh, nothing crazy. Not going down the water slide, right? He opens up the, the screen to replace it, and all this water was still in there. It was covered in water. He looks at me, he's like, you must be like the luckiest person on the planet. How did the phone still work with all this water in it? And I'm like, it did that so it can teach me my lesson. That you know what? You lost. You broke the phone again, George. He tried to replace it. I had to get a new phone. I went to my wife and I said, I'm sorry. But you know, honestly, I just, I felt like it was a battle and I wanted to win. I wanted to prove you that I was right and all this stuff. And you know, at the end of the day, I looked like a prideful idiot. For what? Because of a phone, because of a simple mistake. And you see, Proverbs 11 says that when pride comes, then comes disgrace. But with humility comes wisdom. And see, the son in this story, I mean, I felt like an idiot. I, I honestly, honestly did. The son in this story, he felt disgrace because he was proud. He was too proud to see the folly, the foolishness in his life. And this is the moment he's been dreading. He's got to come back to his father. Can you, can you imagine how embarrassing that is? After all that, after that tremendo show that he did, he's got to come back to He better not show up in my house. I'm like, oh, come here. You know, my mom will be with a belt ready, ready. Like, come here, you know. Anyway, that's how I got it. Anyway, but don't miss it. Don't miss this. Very important. For the very first time in this story that we've been talking about today, he stopped. He didn't make an impulsive decision. He changed his perspective about what was going on around him, the pigs, this, and what am I doing here? And he let go of his pride and walked up to his dad. And he practiced his speech, and he's like, I, I don't even, I'm not even worthy to be his son. I'm just going to be a servant. He practiced and practiced. I can imagine him walking every day. I'm, no, I'm not worthy. I've sinned against you in heaven. I've sinned against you in heaven. I, I just, I'm not, take me as a servant. Take me as a servant. He practiced and practiced and practiced. And while he was still super far away, the father saw him, didn't judge him, didn't care what had happened, ran to him with an open arm, just gave him a huge hug, a kiss, all of that. All of that practicing, all the stuff that he thought in his mind was going to happen, none of it mattered because the father forgave him right there. Not only forgave him, but blessed him. Did he deserve it? Absolutely not. So why did the father do it? It's the same reason that God sent his son to die on a cross, gruesome death for every mistake that you have ever made and I've ever made and ever I am going to make. It's the same reason why there is nothing that we can do to become better people and, and get to this certain level so that way God can love me and I've got to do so much for God so that way he can, you know, that doesn't exist, church, because there is absolutely nothing you can do to earn God's love. All you can do is just learn how to receive it because it's a free gift. And what God did with, through Jesus is the same thing that this, this father did with his son. He showed him grace. This whole thing doesn't work. Christianity does not work without that word right there. 
Do we deserve God's love? No. Do we deserve to be able to come back to him whenever we want? Absolutely not. If you only knew, George, what I did yesterday, if you only knew what I did on the way to church today, I could never come back home. Yet Jesus tells us this story so he can remind each and every single person in this room, including myself, that there is always a way back home. Always. Instead of judgment, you know what you're going to find if you turn back to God? You're going to find open arms. You're going to find forgiveness. You're going to find mercy. You're going to find a Savior that is an expert at picking up the broken pieces of your life and putting them back together into something more beautiful than you could ever imagine. So in a moment, I'm going to ask the band to play. And I'm going to ask something pretty tough of you guys if you're willing to do it. Um, maybe you're here today, and I don't know. I'm not a psychic or anything like that, you know. But maybe you're here today, and you're like me. You show up every day, and you've got your broken iPhones. You've got your track record. You've got all the things that you've messed up. Oh, here's, here's phone number one, here's phone number two, here's phone number three. They're all broken. It's broken. It's just, I, I've got nothing left. Maybe you're here today, and you, maybe it's not iPhones. Maybe your life, maybe you feel like, that person said this, that person did this, and my life, George, feels like it's broken into millions of pieces. Maybe that guy, that girl, broke your heart into a million pieces. Maybe your kids walked away from the Lord. Maybe you're, maybe you're here at the end of your life thinking, like, what else is there? What else can God do with me? My life, I, maybe, you, maybe you're here and you have all of that, and you're thinking, what could I possibly do with all of this mess? What I think you can do is bring it to the only person that could do anything with it. See, God is an expert at building people back up. Does that mean you're going to have a perfect life? Does that mean you're going to have absolutely no worries? Of course not. But does it mean that you don't have to carry this burden alone? Absolutely. Because let me tell you, church, the only person that stops, the only person that was stopping that son from going back was himself. And sometimes we're the only ones holding ourselves back from experiencing everything that God wants for us. Do you understand that the word said that there is nothing that can separate you from the love of God? That is not a typo. That means that absolutely nothing you can ever do can make God stop loving you the way you are. And I understand that's really hard to understand because no one in this place loves like that because no one in this place is our heavenly father. I don't care what your dad, your heavenly, your, your earthly father did. I don't care what your family did. I don't care what misconceptions you have about God. Let me tell you what God is. God is love. And he loves you exactly the way you are. There is nothing that you can do to ever stop God from loving you. Nothing. The road back home is not a straight one. The road back home is intimidating. The road back home is embarrassing. The road back home is going to make everybody know that I've got problems. Ah, join the club. But the road back home, the road back to our Heavenly Father is always worth it. Always worth it. So right now, they're going to sing a song. And I don't want you to have to stand up. If you want to come meet me right here, if you got broken pieces, I want to see them. If you want, I'll, I'll share them with you. Broken pieces everywhere. I don't care what kind of a mess you're in. I don't care what you've done. I don't care what you think you've done. I want you to be right here. I want to pray for you. 
I want to pray that you come back to the Father because whatever you thought was holding you back is not holding you back any longer. Amen? So fans in the play, if you want to come up, I'm going to meet you right here and I'm going to pray for you right now. Come on, let's pray. Come on, let's do it. Let's do it. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Amen. sitting right next to you. And you have no idea, right? It's like, oh yeah, I see him every Sunday. Some of these people that have bravely stood up out of their chair, walked all the way here. That's a statement, man. And I don't know about you, but I commend every single one of you for coming up here because it's not easy. In a room like this, to get up here and think about all this, oh no, who's gonna look at me and all this stuff, and guess what? The only eyes you have to worry about are the eyes of God that's looking at you right now and are so, so proud of you because you've come back home. What's funny is that home was never closed off. Home is always available to each and every one of you. You don't have to wait for another church service. You can come back to him whenever you want. So I'm about to pray for these individuals. I don't know if there's anybody else that needs prayer. I don't know if anybody else thinks that this is not for them, but I'll wait for a second. Either way, I'm going to pray. I just pray that you wouldn't miss this opportunity. You don't get a lot of opportunities like this to stand up for your faith, stand up for what you believe in, and stand up for the fact that, you know what, I don't have it all figured out but I'm grateful that there's a God that does and a God that's going to give me a second chance. And today, everybody who's up here, today's your second chance, your fifth chance, your 17th chance, 7,000th chance. It doesn't matter. He loves you. He loves every part of you. Church, let's pray. Father, I thank you so much for this incredibly brave group of people that have chosen to stand up for you, stand up for, for what they believe, and also put aside their impulsiveness, their, their perspective, their pride. I mean, literally everything on the line right now, God. And they're surrendered to you, God, because they are tired. They are tired of the same old, same old, same old. God, I don't want any of these people ever to fall for that trap again, Father. I want any of these people to ever stray from your path again, God. But Lord, would you remind every single person in this room, not only up here, 
God, you're not judging them. Your arms are open. You love them. You've already forgiven them. Even while we were still sinning, Christ died for each and every person right here, right now. So if you came up, I want you to pray this prayer. The whole church is going to pray this out loud to encourage you in praying this prayer. It's not a magic formula. But in a moment like this, a prayer prayed in sincerity to God, you giving your life to Jesus. He's going to pick up those broken pieces of your heart, of your life, of your family, all of the stuff. And he's going to slowly start building it back up into something that you could never imagine. So if you're ready, repeat after me. Say, dear God, I come to you today and I say that I'm sorry for the mistakes in my life, for the sin in my life. I believe that Jesus gave his life so that I can have mine. And I want to follow him all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, and everyone says. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. If today you made a decision to follow Jesus, congratulations. It's one of the best decisions you've ever made. And we as a church want to help you with your next steps. You see, we have a free gift we'd like to give you. And in order for you to receive that gift, all you have to do is visit mycalvary.com forward slash begin. Don't forget to tune in next week for our next podcast. God bless you.